Hi, everybody. This is Kurt Schlichter and the Unredacted Podcast, in which we do no redacting, hence the name Unredacted, you town hall VIPs. So much going on. I'm not even sure where to start. A lot of stuff going on in politics. I got some stuff going on in my own life uh, that maybe I'll complain about. I mean, discuss in an interesting way that'll make for a fascinating podcast. Uh, a little later, but uh, if you have read my town hall column uh, today, which is Monday, the 13th of December, and you should read it, it's entitled, I don't even remember what it's entitled, because I wrote it like, whatever. It's uh, America shouldn't go intervene in Ukraine because it's stupid, or something to that effect. And I talk about the basic reasons why we shouldn't interfere in Ukraine, which are what the hell is the reason we do it? And even if you think that's a good reason, how many dead people are you willing to have? And I also mentioned the old Moat and Bailey kind of thing. And that's that's the uh, thing where somebody makes a, a, a they come out and go, we need, to, we need to confront Putin and defend him and use force if necessary. And then people like me who, you know, was actually in the Cold War and actually knows something about this stuff and served behind the Iron Curtain, actually worked with Ukrainians overseas and in Ukraine, which I guess is also and uh, uh, and then we say well you know there are problems with well I, well I didn't mean military I meant intervening in some other way oh okay yeah because because there's a deterrence that doesn't involve a guy with a rifle and a band. oh wait no there's not look if you're not willing to fight you're not deterring anybody okay it, you, you just aren't especially a guy like who is not a little sissy bitch like so many people in our establishment are. Uh, he is a tough, tough customer, and he is a serious guy. And as I say in my brilliant town hall article, which I think you guys should read, uh, we do not have a serious elite. Now, why, why, why do I say that? Again, you, you could read the article, uh, or you could just look at our modern military, which seem, you know, you've got uh, uh, Millie, who's a fucking disgrace talking about how you know America's greatest threat appears to be uh, white rage or extremism or some other bullshit. And these are not serious people. These are not people who deserve uh, your respect, and they are not people who Putin's going to respect. Putin thinks they're freaking silly, which is why it's 175,000 troops on uh the border with Ukraine, which, of course, is not the border with Ukraine, because he already took under Obama uh, a good chunk of Ukraine. Ukraine's a very big place. You could lose a lot of it and not even know. You could lose some of it, like the part around Chernobyl, and not even care. You'd be like, uh, you want to occupy it? Fine. Glow for it. Get it? Because it's radioactive. So let's let's talk about what a war with Ukraine looks like. There's a little subject, a little more and I got into uh, in my town hall column. Uh, but let's let's date. Let's deep dive, shall we, into what a war would look like. He's got 175,000 troops on the board. That is probably about two cores worth in American parlance, but not not quite because you would have a whole bunch of supporting elements that are outside the core and blah, blah, blah. How many actual divisions are we talking about? The division probably in the Russian army, I believe it's about 10,000, or at least it's smaller than our divisions. Uh, they're also less capable, but, you know, that's a lot of uh, armored vehicles. That's a lot of troops. I don't know. 
I'm thinking probably five to ten divisions. And I don't know. Look, I, I don't know any classified information about this stuff. I just know what's out there in the uh, media. And what's out there in the media is garbage. They really haven't illuminated exactly what's going on. We see some satellite photos of large depots of uh, uh, vehicles all lined up nice and neat. What does that tell you? Well, it tells you Putin's not scared. Okay. If you are scared of airstrikes, missile strikes, some kind of strikes, you're not going to line vehicles up side by side by side by side in a nice, nice orderly row because that's the easiest way to destroy them. So he's not afraid of, uh, you know, Ukrainians. He's not afraid of us. Now, what do the Ukrainians got? Uh, I, like I said, I train the Ukrainians. Uh, Ukrainians are, you know, old Soviet style infantry. Uh, you know, they got AK-47 type weapons, probably AK-74, some version of the AK. Uh, fairly modern equipment. Uh, you know, communications. They've got, uh, as far as I remember, they have some old Soviet type equipment, BMPs, BTRs, armored vehicles, probably some T-72 tanks. I, I'm not, look, I, I'm not really sure. I know they had Hind helicopter. You haven't been, look, I'll tell you, the first time I saw uh, a Hind, which is a, uh, was an MI-24, it's a big helicopter gunship. And I saw a couple in Ukraine and they flew over us. We were just like, holy shit, because we knew about these things. These were these are like a major threat. And they flew over us during training exercises in Ukraine with Ukrainians. And we were just like, holy crap, because every fiber of our being had been trained that, you know, these are bad things. To see them flying over you is kind of kind of freaks your shit out. Um, they've got an Air Force Two. Not great. Um They've already been fighting Russians for like six years. They have kind of a, you know, kind of essentially a DMZ, demilitarized zone. Uh, they've got like, like a, a, a line of contact. Um, and uh, the Ukrainians are on one side and the Russians, you know, on the other. And a lot of it's because Ukrainians are either Ukrainians or they're Russians living in Ukraine. And mostly in the east, they, uh, there's a lot of Russians, and that's where the Russians came in. It was like, hey, we're just freeing our homeland to guys, our uh, pals, our homies, as it were. Um, so the Ukrainian army found it very hard to defend because a lot of the civilians were against them. This strikes me as one of the uh, – uh, as an important lesson if Putin comes in. Now, what's Putin got? Putin's got air power. He's got hypersonic missiles. He's got tanks. He's got armor. He's got artillery. He has a fully integrated uh, uh, and, 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 and somewhat experienced fighting force. Remember, they had the, the Chechnya war about 20 years ago. Uh, they have, uh, uh, you know, they've been messing around in Georgia. They've been messing around with the Ukrainians. So they have some experience. Their Spetsnaz are very experienced. What would they do, though? If they were going to invade, well, they find, find, first of all, Ukraine is big. It is big. It's wooded in some places. It's flat and grassy in others. Uh, but, but size, it, 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 it's big. Okay. And size is important. Uh, yeah, look, bulwark guys will tell you, no, 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 it's not. Uh, but don't believe them any more than their wives believe. Them. Size is important when it comes to the land you're occupying. 
175,000 troops sounds like a lot of troops. It is a lot of troops. Um, a huge proportion are going to be support. How, how much is the tooth to tail ratio? That is how many guys actually fight versus how many support the fighters in the army. The American army is like 10 to one. So if you say we have a thousand troops, you know, at the lower end, it's you know, really is precise, but it, it, you would have about a hundred soldiers who actually carry rifles and fight. Okay. It's a rule of thumb. Uh, Russians, it's probably tighter, but I don't know what the modern Russian armies is. Uh, I do know they've got extensive uh, broad spectrum capabilities. They have air power. They will. They, let, let's talk first day of the fight, right? First day of the war. Uh, Putin announced. Putin doesn't announce he's attacking. First of all, Putin announces he is being attacked. Uh, and a bunch of pro-Russian media in the West immediately comes to his support. This is the information operation component. This is to neutralize us by making us uh, uh, doubt the rightness of defending Ukraine uh, outside of the, you know, is this in our interest thing? He will want to push people uh, to question whether even we should be, whether you know, the Ukrainians are even the good guys. Second, uh, he will want to separate Americans from our allies in the West, uh, particularly Germany, which really has not much of an army to speak of anymore. Uh, the ones with the real armies, like Poland and stuff, uh, serious armies, because they're up against like Belarus and the Baltic guys, they, they're, they're not going to be able to come down and help us because they're you know, defending their own borders. Uh, but we're not going to be able to look for help for like France or Spain. The other is not going to commit. Is not going to commit. Yeah, Luxembourg is going to send a platoon. You know, it's just it, it, and and part of the reason is the information operation. You don't want to fight us. This isn't your fight. The Ukrainians are bad guys. Look at how horrible. They are. So you got an information operation. Second of all, you have cyber. Where will he attack in cyber? Well, first of all, he will tear down Ukraine's defenses. The air defense net will go down. Communications net will go down. Uh, the, the TV will go down. Power will go down. He'll shut everything down. You, are the Russians that good? Oh yeah, they're that good. That's what they did in Georgia when they invaded. They just basically took out the country cyber wise. And they're absolutely capable of doing that. The question is, does Putin expand that or does it support his information operation? Cause you know, Ger Germany looks over and sees, holy shit. They turned out all the lights in Ukraine. Maybe they'll do that to us. You know, maybe Stuttgart will stop, you know, go black. Right. We don't want that. Uh, it is it not only has a, a, a direct combat impact. That is, they can't, you know, the Ukrainians won't be able to coordinate their fight because we have trained them to be a lot like us. So they're heavily dependent on computer systems, heavily dependent on electronic systems. Um, you. Uh, they, if that stuff goes down, it's bad. Now, when I say electronic systems, I want to make sure that you understand. I'm talking about two things. There's cyber and then there's electronic warfare. Electronic warfare is broad spectrum warfare across the, the, uh, uh, gosh, darn it. the electromagnetic spectrum. Lots of radio stuff, lots of communications, microwaves, UHF, all sorts of stuff used to coordinate 
uh, operations and things. We, we do that too. They have electronic warfare capabilities that they'll be able to jam pretty much in, including stuff at frequency hops, right? You know, it goes from one frequency, it goes to another, and then to another. And another. They, they, they're very good at electronic warfare. This is all out in the public sphere. This isn't a, a, isn't a big secret. What they want to do, again, the information operations, to tell people outside, you don't want to be part of this because we'll cause you pain. And maybe we'll even attack you. Maybe we'll even, you know, shut down Stuttgart, close down Paris, whatever, with our electronic war or with our uh, cyber warfare. With your electronic warfare, maybe we'll just jam on your combo and you guys won't be able to, you know, work as a modern society. Uh, can they do it from that range? Maybe they can. Yeah, I don't know. Um, as far as the Ukrainians, they will be completely screwed because they we, we've trained them to kind of fight like Americans. So they're going to need to be very integrated. Now, whether that's, you know, and moving things around now, is that how they're fighting now with the Russians? Because they've learned these things? I hope not. I hope it isn't how they're fighting the Russians now. We'll get to how they should fight the Russians. In my humble opinion, it's very humble because I've been there in 13 years, so, I mean, I, I've been there, but, you know, what they're doing exactly at this moment. Uh, strikes. You will have fires hitting Ukraine. That is, you will have missile strikes, you will have airstrikes, you will have artillery strikes, and they can go through the whole depth of Ukraine. Depends on what Putin wants. Putin may want not want to go all the way over to the Polish border. Uh, you, like I said, Ukraine is big. It is a long freaking way from where they are to where Poland uh, begins. It's long, it's hundreds of miles. That's a big, and a lot of it's empty, right? This is not an urbanized, it's, it's big, empty, vast spaces, vast forests. Uh, you know, the uh, Ukrainian uh, guerrillas, and we'll be talking more about this stuff later, uh, who fought Stalin, uh, fought for like 10 years after World War II. You can't do that if you don't have big, empty spaces, go hide it. And those communists will find you and fuck you up. So they're going to be, you know, uh, command and control nodes, uh, key infrastructure, key personnel. These are all going to get hit with missiles. These are all going to get hit with airstrikes. Uh, these are all going to get hit uh, with uh, artillery. Uh, any kind of tank concentration, particularly near the front, that's going to get hit. Uh, recon. Uh, surveillance and intelligence are going to be very, very key. Russians are right now actively targeting, that is, figuring out what they want to take out when. And they'll have a list. They'll say, you know, within the first, you know, two hours, we're going to strike all these. Here's our target list. We're going to hit all these things. Uh, so they're planning it out. And it's going to be ugly. Um, then the, the infantry comes through, uh, probably mechanized, uh, probably tank support, and they're going to go through main axes of advance, and probably follow main roads, uh, uh, attack towards key locations, key cities, key villages, uh, and uh, they're going to try and go very fast, very very far, very fast. Russians like to uh, uh, punch, through, find, find a weak point, reinforce the attack on the weak point and punch through and try and get in your rear and destroy all your support elements. Okay. Just classic stuff. They want to move fast. They want to move hard. They're not going to 
they're not going to stop to fight and reduce defenses, at least the first wave. Right? They're going to come in waves. There's going to be a you know a, a recon wave, a first wave. There'll be a second wave, a third wave. Uh, it's the follow-on waves that will reduce defended positions. They'll basically surround it, bypass it, go and try and hit something further deeper in. We're back to size. How many guys are actually going to be attacking? Out of 175,000, let's give them a huge benefit of doubt. Let's call it 40,000 combat troops. Okay? That's a big, that's a very small tooth to tail comparatively. 40,000, that's four or five divisions. Right? That's almost nothing. Okay, that's not, that's not a lot to hold the ground. What it does is, if it is oriented on the Ukrainian forces, right, if that is their objective, rather than holding, you know, and, and actually securing territory, that's probably the, uh, the, the, the Russians' best choice. That is, there's a Ukrainian division over here. Okay, we're going to send two Russian divisions to destroy that. Now, it can move. The Russian divisions can move. Everybody can move. It's not a fixed position. But if they orient on the enemy forces, the Ukrainian forces, that's really their best thing because Ukraine is too big to freaking hold. And that's why I'm not overly worried about them taking over all of Ukraine. Because say they punch in with four or five divisions, and they punch in across, you know, all of Ukraine, you know, a hundred miles, okay? How the hell do they hold that? Because if I'm a Ukrainian, right, here's what I'm doing. I know that I'm not going to be able to talk to my headquarters, right? Because uh, the, the communication's going to be down because of electronic warfare. Cyber's going to be down, so I can't get, like, emails. Uh, and believe me, emails are a key part of any modern fight. Uh, if I gather in large groups, they're going to spot me with their ISR, intelligence, surveillance, reconnaissance, and then I'm going to get hit with missiles, airstrikes, uh, artillery, right? So if I, if I, if I mass up, right? If I form a lot of combat power in one area, I'm just going to get crushed. That's going to be a giant magnet for iron. So what am I going to do? I'm going to break into smaller groups, probably light groups. And I'm going to leverage my knowledge of the terrain. This is where local forces are really good because they know their own area. And they work light and they work in contact with the people who know them. And I'm going to go to ground. And I'm going to let those Russians go by past me. And I'm going to wait. And I'm going to wait by the road. And eventually I'm going to see a bunch of trucks with big tanks of gas on the back coming. They may have some guards or stuff, but as soon as they pass, that's what I'm going to hit. And then I'm going to run the hell into the damn woods or the swamp or wherever. I'm going to disappear. And suddenly, Russians have a problem. Now, why, are, why is this not going on in the occupied territories? Well, may, A, maybe it is to some extent. But B, most of the people there are ethnic Russians. They're not going to support guerrillas. Once you get in a place where it's mostly ethnic Ukrainians, suddenly you have a hostile populace. What did Mao say? Mao said a revolutionary is a fish that swims in the sea of the people, or words to that effect. 
Okay, so a bunch of guys go out, hit a uh, Russian convoy, uh, disappear. A couple of them have gotten shot. They're going to go to the village. Village is going to help them. They're going to feed them. They're going to hide them. The Russians come through going, where the hell are the gorillas? And the people are going to go, I don't know. What's a gorilla? What, like banana? What are you talking about? I don't know what you're saying. Want some vodka? And, of course, the vodka's poison. Putin knows that if he goes in, he buys off or he uh, he bites off, uh, something that may not be particularly chewy, okay? That, if I'm if I'm Ukrainian, that's my strategy. I'm not going to be able to be, first, first of all, the Americans aren't going to intervene. I, I, if the Americans do intervene, what the hell are they going to do? We don't have enough ground forces there to make a difference. In, there were 500,000 uh, American forces in Germany, just Germany, 500,000. Uh, when I was in the Cold War. Okay? Two full armored corps. That is a lot of hitting power. We sent one of them to Desert Storm, and in 100 hours, we annihilated 36 divisions. We annihilated the entire army. I know, I was at Seven Corps headquarters. We don't have that kind of power now. Okay? We've got uh, a, a, a few brigades spread out, and a lot of them are in Romania, a lot of them are Poland. Uh, they're just, we just don't have that kind of force. Uh, what our, our intervention would be is cyber. We'd be doing our own cyber stuff. Uh, and of course, giving away all our tactics, because the Chinese are going to be there taking, you know, taking notes, watching how we fight the Russians. Russians will be taking notes too. Uh, missiles, probably missiles fired from ships in the Mediterranean. Uh, airstrikes, though I would think that a lot of the NATO countries are not going to be super excited to have American fighters flying airstrikes from NATO bases that suddenly become targets. You know, Putin's got missiles. If you're flying from Aviano in, uh, in Italy, right, you're flying airstrikes in Ukraine. That's a target, dude. Turks aren't going to let you fly from uh, Inserlik, which is in Turkey to the south. They're not going to do it. They're like, screw you. I'm not going to invite you to strike. But, you know, the idea that somehow Putin is limited in what he can, how he can retaliate, well, it's not fair to hit our base in Italy. Why the hell not? You're flying airstrikes from You hit it once, the Italians are going to throw you out. You hit Ramstein, the Germans are going to throw you out. Uh, and I'm sure the Poles, Poles and Romanians and Baltic guys are not going to be thrilled about you fighting a war because they're frontline states. Uh, uh, from their territory. So it's very, very hard. So you're probably firing a lot of missiles from the Mediterranean. Great. What are you firing them at? Right? Because, here we go again, ISR, Intelligence Surveillance Reconnaissance. How are you getting targets for your uh, missiles? Right? Where, where, are the, where are the Russians right now? And where are they going to be in 30 minutes or 40 minutes when those uh, missiles actually hit? You don't know. It's bad. America doesn't have a lot of options in Ukraine. Even if we were to intervene, it would just be a, a, a large form of, uh, of, of failure. Now, of course, the stupidest thing we could do, which means it may be the thing that Biden chooses, is to send in our uh, forces as a tripwire. You know, put a cavalry, uh, uh, a cavalry squadron or something 
on the border there. So they've got to run through Americans and kill Americans, meaning we are in the war. At which point Putin goes, mm, maybe I do, maybe I don't, but maybe I do. Because we already look like we've stomped on our dicks in Afghanistan. We look terrible. Getting humiliated in Ukraine, which is entirely possible. And in fact, I, 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 I think it's more likely than not when you have a military that's uh, uh, more woke than warfighter. I think uh, I, I think it's definitely uh, possible that that Putin wants to add to our humiliation. Can you imagine how bad it would be if we came up against Putin and didn't win? Oh. And you know who's capable of fucking up that badly? Well, it's Dementia Joe and the bimbo. If you don't think Joe Biden and Kamala Harris could fuck this up a hundred times worse than Afghanistan, folks, you're not paying attention. So anyway, uh, enough of that. Uh, fun day. Did a lot of work on the fall and rise of America. Uh, was writing my here's where we are right now chapter. And uh, God, America's in a tough place. Uh, it'll be tougher when, you know, Biden screws up Ukraine. Uh, here, here's what Biden's going to do. We're not going to get in a fight. Biden's just going to essentially say, take all the territory out of Ukraine you want. And we'll pretend that's a win. And Putin will laugh and everybody will laugh and know that we just got our asses handed to us again because Joe Biden's a fuck. Anyway, um, so anyway, right in the fall and rise of America, uh, that's going to be out July 12th. I've got about a month to get my uh, my uh, uh, first draft into the publisher. And my first draft's nearly done. I've got nine, I've got 10,000 words from Kind of the minimum for the first draft, and I'll add stuff out of that. Uh, also, fun guy for you guys who have been uh, following the travails of Kurt's mom. We got her out of the rehab facility, back to her house today. So she finally got back to the house, and her golden retriever was lying with her, and it was uh, it was nice to have her out. And hug. now, now the tough work of rehab begins. Got to get her uh, walking again, and. Uh, Got to get her uh, uh, back to normal. So we're all working on that. And uh, I appreciate everybody's thoughts and prayers. I know you guys have been uh, uh, pulling for her, and I, 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 I do appreciate that. So anyway, I'm sorry that this podcast has not been as hilarious as it normally is, um, you know. Uh, but uh, maybe next time, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, – uh, it, 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 let, let me just put it this way. January 20th, 2025 cannot come soon enough. Anyway, this is the Unredacted Podcast with Kurt Schlichter. If you guys want my books for Christmas, Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa, I don't judge, uh, and you want them signed, send me an email. If you're a VIP, you got my email address. Or you uh, or can DM me on Twitter, and I'll tell you how you can get signed copies, and I'll get those right out to you. Uh, always read my columns every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Do not forget the stream of Kurtisness, which is Kurtorific, uh, Kurtesque, and Kurtic, which is like epic except with Kurt. So you want all those. It's, uh, it's great stuff. It comes out every Friday. And uh, I will be uh, talking to you soon on the next Unredacted. Thanks. Bye-bye.